Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the It Is What It Is podcast powered by the Riot Report. My name is Josh Klein. I am managing editor of said Riot Report. Um, first of all, before we start this episode, wanted to um, send thoughts and prayers to Ron Rivera and his family. Um, obviously, we all heard the news about Ron and his uh, his diagnosis. Um, the fact that it is both treatable and curable is great news, but still um, always terrible to hear. And and I have nothing but fond memories of Ron Rivera. He was always uh, extremely nice to me, even when he didn't need to be. And um, I, I will always thank him for that. So hopefully this is a quick and easy battle. And not surprisingly, um, I'm sure that he will attack it with great vigor and uh, and be able to beat this. Coming up Right after the music, though, is uh, head coach Matt Rule. You'll hear his message for Ron Rivera, what he thinks about Christian McCaffrey on his team, and um, his other thoughts on a rainy and kind of drenched practice uh, in Charlotte on Friday morning. One more day on Saturday morning before the players have the day off, and then they're back at it next week. Uh, Matt Rule starting to come into his own. One of the things that I found was really interesting was the way that he goes about organizing his practice. You'll hear a little bit of that at the beginning where he says that he's a mirror for what he sees and he has to tell his players what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. And then he'll come back to that at the end, talk about the lessons that he learns from his kids actually taking golf lessons and how they're going about learning how to play golf and how he can relate that to teaching his football team how to win Really interesting point for Matt Rule and uh, some interesting topics here today. So here he is on It Is What It Is. Matt, this is Brett Jensen with WBT. Radio. I just finished conference with Health Director Gibby Harris, and there were asked about the Panthers and fans and tailgating and whatnot. And she said, "No tailgating will be allowed, but that the state and the county are in constant contact with the Panthers on whether or not they're going to allow fans." I know Kansas City's looking into doing clusters, like in certain sections and stuff like that. What are your thoughts about that? Would you like to see fans in the stadium, even if it's only, say, 19,000? Or would it not even matter at that point? Thank you for the question. Um, and before I answer, can I just say one thing first, and then I'll say that I, I just wanted to make sure on behalf of me and the staff, you know, we sent our well wishes to, to Coach Rivera. Um, you know, obviously with what he's battling and going through, the, the level of respect for him in this building is so high. I know Marty, I know Linda, who's, you know, was with my assistant was with him for years. You know, I know they've all reached out to him. I know I'm sure many of the players have as well. And it's, I know it's unique, um, you know, me being here, but, um, but it's the coaching profession and it's the coaching community. And, and, and we understand that, you know, we all kind of take different jobs and different things, but I have the utmost respect for, for coach. And he's been nothing but kind to me since I took this job. And as a young coach, I went and got the coach of the year award one year at the, uh, Maxwell Football Club, the local, you know, college one, and he was getting the pro one. And he, uh, I asked him about, you know, how he became, you know, Riverboat Ron and some of the, you know, his, his decision to start gambling on things. And he just took time to talk to me. I just can't say enough about him. So I wish him the best as he as he wins this battle against cancer. To your question, um, 
you know, I, I obviously would love to have fans there. I'd love to have my family there. I'd love to have my friends there. I'd love to have the people of Charlotte and the Carolinas there. I think it makes, it makes the game better, even if it's a small amount um, of people. But, you know, those decisions are beyond me. You know, we'll, we'll be ready to play if it's, if it's not, you know, I know lots been made about me playing music. Well, I'm, I'm sitting there saying that maybe they're going to just play music in the stadium. I'm trying to get our guys ready for everything. But, you know, if it was up to me, obviously, I would love to, I would love to have fans there. I think our fans are, are great and they deserve to be there in person. But uh, obviously safety and um, health is the most important thing right now. Hey, Matt, uh, it's Josh from the Riot Report. It looked like after practice um, you kept the guys around for a little bit longer uh, to talk to them. What was your message to them after practice today? I just talked to them. I, I talked to them after every practice. Um, just try to, I think one of my jobs is to be a mirror. No. <laughs> Sorry, that's my alarm. Let's <laughs> make sure I'm on the phone with you guys. Um, you know, my job is to be a mirror and, and tell them what I see, the good, the bad, and uh, – uh, you know, go over situational football and all those things. So, um, you know, I'll, I try to talk to them a little bit before practice, a little bit after practice. Um, I try not to talk to them, as you noted, you know, but um, but uh, you know, every day I'm just going to, you know, keep 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 trying to give my vision of what, you know, the team is. And I think the biggest thing is when, when my way or the coach's way becomes our way, becomes the Carolina Panthers' way, we'll be a good team, you know, and so – we're just trying to get everyone aligned in the same vision right now. And that's hard to do because we haven't had any time together, but the games are coming and we've just got to make sure that everyone's moving in the same direction, the same way. Hey Matt, it's Elena. Um, I was wondering if you have any update on Omar Bayless and we didn't see him out there at practice today. Yeah. You know, he's kind of day to day right now. Um, it's, you know, it's just an, from what I've been told, it's an aggravation of an old injury. So um, every, every night we kind of have, we're hopeful that he'll come out the next day and be able to go and he wakes up and it's just tight and sore. And so um, he's day to day. Um, I know, I think maybe he's, the doctors are here today or he's going to see a doctor. So maybe that might change. But as of right now, what I was told was that he'd be day to day. And my hope was to be able to get him tomorrow. And if not Sundays off, hopefully get him back out to Monday. Hey Matt, to your point about practicing and, and kind of setting the tone, how much easier it, it, is it, does your job uh, is your job when you have someone like McCaffrey who practices? Well, I mean, he yeah, it's a I mean, it's a, it's a great point, McCaffrey. Like he he has a personal standard that's so high, and it's very simply, you know, why doesn't everyone practice that way? You know, why would he why would he have that high of a standard? And we have other guys who play with those kind of standards. Like you know, you watch Shaq Thompson run to the ball. Um, the other thing about McCaffrey is he's just very intentional about, he's always trying to get better at something. He's not one of those guys who's like, you know, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. He's trying to get better at something every day. He's trying to work at something. And he's constantly asking questions to the coaches. Like, is this good enough? So one of the biggest issues is, is, you know, for just in, in, in general in coaching is, you know, a lot of times you try to coach players and they don't want to be coached and it's for whatever reason, a lack of confidence or they're, you know, they're trying so hard to show you what they can do, but McCaffrey wants to be coached and, he, he's, he runs a route. He's asking Joe, he's asking Jake, he's asking Jeff, you know, was that too deep? Was that too short? Should I broke? He's, he wants to be perfect at everything. And, um, but he, you have a tremendous like symbiotic relationship with him because he's given you energy as a coach because he's constantly trying to be better and you constantly keep trying to pour into him. And um, I think it's a great, like, if you're a young player on our team, you have no excuse not to know what a true professional is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, 
and I say that not just about Christian, several of the guys like that, but when you look at, when you look at Christian, you, you, you know what the standard is, you know, his standards and you have to ask yourself, you know, why shouldn't I make that my standard? And, and if our whole team played that hard, we'd be really, really good. And so that's the direction we're all pushing ourselves. Hey, Matt, right uh, this is Miles Simmons. Uh, just wondering, what have you thought of a Dennis Daly? Um, we just got a chance to talk to him and he's been playing a guard. Um, you know, I watched the tape of Dennis last year. I think he's really versatile, can play guard, can play tackle. Giving him a chance to be the starting tackle right now. Uh, he's got all the physical ability. You know, he's a young player that just needs experience and time and reps, but I think he has a chance to be a really good starter in the National Football League. Um, constantly working on, like, you know, I think, I think for him is just making sure that he, he has his process, that he's focused, that he has attention to detail, that he's getting better every day. Um, but he has all the tools. It was, a, it was a heck of a draft pick, you know, I mean, to get him and, and to see the type of player he is. And I, I hope that uh, I hope that um, he can really come through for this this year because he's uh, a guy that, like I said, can, can play inside and play outside, and they're hard to find. Matt, you talked about Shaq earlier today. You know, he was doing some sprints by himself, and then he would jump in on some drills, and he looked good doing the 11-on-11s, and then he would sit by himself on the sidelines a little bit. Where is he at? Just where you saw him, he's a little bit limited in volume. He's got that groin. Um, you know, he, he they taught him some new stretches, so that's why he was kind of sitting in that position, just trying to keep his groin loose. I mean, he hasn't pulled it, but you know, um, we're in that soft tissue phase where guys start getting tugs and pulls. Yeah, we still have to practice, and so he's battling through it. And um, so he took reps. I thought he, you know, he, he tried to stay loose. He took reps. He got here early. He did a bunch of stuff to activate, and then just kept trying to stretch through it. So you know, we'll just keep battling and pushing him through it. <clears throat> And, uh, it looked like it looked like Curtis Samuel may have been a little bit limited today as well. Was that is that just kind of another case of a guy getting nicked up? Yeah, he he had a tight hamstring, so again not a pull but tight. So we just limited him. He you know he he went as he went as tolerated, and um, um, I think it just tightened up on him in the middle of it. So they they sat him for the rest of the day. I saw you practicing with uh, some soccer balls today. It looked like during the punt block drill. Uh, could you, you explain? Yeah, that's that's something Chase does. You know, I've seen a lot of guys do it. Um, it doesn't make much sense to me, but I understand. And so, you know, I think it's just, uh, I think it's just uh, ease. You know, you put a football into the football so hard it can break a guy's fingers. So they put the soccer balls out there just sort of as part of a punt block circuit. So, but um, I love soccer. So every time. The soccer balls out there, like I'm dying to try to kick one through the uprights. But since you guys are there, I'm afraid I'll look stupid, so I didn't. I don't do it. But um, yeah, you know, it's one of those things as a coach. You're like, it makes sense, so we do it. And uh, you know, we're trying to do a nice job of doing like circuits and drills with our special teams, not just doing the units. I'm trying to really teach the skills and go block a ball. So that was the uh, that was the thought process there by Chase. Hey, Matt, David Newton here. Um, I'm wondering with, with the way Joe Gray's offense is and all the different weapons and spreading the ball around, uh, will it be more difficult for Christian to, to get a 1,000-1,000 as, as a repeat? You know, I'll, I'll, you know what? I don't know, but I'll say this, and I don't mean this in any disrespect, that, that him getting a 1,000-1,000 thousand, is not a focus of mine. Um, him, him, him him driving us to win games. You know, Christian's 
Christian's a winner. Like McCaffrey's a winner and I know he wants to win. And so um, obviously our best chance of winning is him playing really well, but, but I, I, I'm not caught up in anything like that. And I, and I know he, he has pride. He wants to do special things, but I know the most important thing Christian wants to do is win. And so the best thing we can do is, is have a complete offense that spreads the ball around that protects the football and that runs the ball, you know, late in games to put games away. And I know he's going to be a big part of all of those things. He's, you know, he is, he's really the, the, the key to our entire offense. So um, I think he'll, I think he'll do a lot of special things this year and that'll probably result in big, num- big numbers and all that. But I know the biggest number for him is, is winning. Cause you know, he, he's hungry to do that. Uh, you know, uh, as we move forward. Coach, it's Josh Graham on that note, Christian working in wide receiver individual drills this morning. If he did just specialize to that position, could he be an NFL wide receiver? Um, Christian could do whatever he wanted to do. Um, he could play defense. I mean, he's, he's, he, uh, he I think people know, think they know, I mean, he, he's beyond special other talents. Um, but, you know, we, we, uh, we were down a couple receivers and, and we've, you know, Reggie's gone over there one day, Mike Davis, we've just been trying to rotate the receivers over there because um, they have to do so much, you know, catching the ball in our offense. But, uh, but yeah, I think Christian could, he could go over there and be a fantastic receiver. But I also think he could go over and play safety and be, one heck of a safety. He's just, uh, he's a football guy and he's driven to excel, you know, not just have good results, but I mean, just driven to like every day get better. And that makes him special. Christian questions. Uh, I'm curious, and I'm sure you've been asked this in the past, but you know, we've seen his, um, you know, on field percentage, you know, in the mid to high nineties of every single offensive snap and the carries and everything else, 25, 30 touches a game between the receiving and the rushing. Are you, going to try to limit that a little bit more on him uh we're going to just play and 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 use the guys that's needed to win the games i think i think anybody playing that much is 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 a lot you know um as you know many many people haven't done it but we're certainly not going to say hey let's limit christian we're just going to go out there and use him but also use dj and curtis and seth and and you know ian and 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 man hurts we're going to use all those guys um, and try to try to give people different looks and and and, and take advantage of the diversity of tra- talent we have, and if that results in him having a lot of t- plays and a lot of touches. Great, and if it's a little bit lower, so be it. But at the end of the day, he's still you know the focal point of our offense, and so it's gonna it's gonna always be a high number. Um, you know, I just think the biggest thing is using him in the right ways at the right times to you know to maximize you know his production. Hey, Matt, um, Vincent from The Right Report. Uh, you mentioned about Dennis moving more to guard role this year as opposed to playing more tackle last year. Can you talk about a little bit why Dennis's skill set is particularly suited to a guy like uh, Just Dennis, you know, Dennis is uh, – and Dennis played guard last year too, you know, you know but he's just uh, – you know, has the girth, has the size, has the you know, the, the the lower body power. Now, Greg Little could go inside too. Um, we, we just think Greg's going to be a, a fantastic tackle in time, and so he's you know he's developing and working. I'm really pleased with Greg Little. I'm really really pleased with Greg Little and what he's doing. But uh, Dennis, um, you know, he just you know at 330 pounds or whatever he is. You know, he's got the size, strength, uh, all that to be a guard, and um, can go outside, but really um, gives us you know a viable option as a starting guard if you know if he wins that job. Any other questions, though? 
Yeah, I have one more, Bruce. Um, I was wondering, you know, when you're obviously practices, we haven't seen what your normal training camp practices would look like in an ordinary season. So I was wondering for you, like, how do you figure out how practice is going to go or, you know, balancing the need to move people around all the games? And how do you combine that all come up with a practice plan that works best? This would be this would be what my practices would always look like. You know, um, if we had 90 players, I could do a little bit more like two drills. Like you saw us do two spots today a couple times. I would prefer that because you get more reps. But, you know, there'd be more threes. Uh, but with only 14 offensive linemen, obviously people have to start to double up. So the, the move to 80 players has hindered that a little bit. Um, not having OTAs has maybe uh, made it where we're doing a little bit more team and not quite as much seven on seven and things like that that I really like and believe in. Um, but, you know, I, I look at, I look at, you know, I, I've been around football coaches who have the same practice every day and there's a lot of merit to that. I've been around a lot of coaches who like can hand you a calendar and like, you know, like next December, what you're doing, like they have a system and I respect that. But, you know, I, I always think about like, I take my son and my daughter to, to golf lessons and, you know, they, they go out there and they, they, they work on their, you know, seven iron until they kind of get it. And then they move on to the eight iron until, you know, whatever, the eight iron until they get it. And then maybe they go to a three wood and they're very methodical. But if, if, if my son's not hitting a seven iron, they don't just move ahead to the three wood, right? They, they, they continue to work on what's not working. And so for me, I try to look at, look at our team and say, what are we doing? Well, what do we need to fix? And then, um, if it's, uh, you know, this, then I'm going to work more on that. So I, 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 I alter the practices. That's why every practice is a little bit different. I think our players need to learn to get over the anxiety of not knowing what's next and just reacting. I think you know, they have to get comfortable um, in those situations. But most importantly, you know, if we, if we haven't done a lot of two-minute, we haven't excelled in the two-minute, then today we started with two-minute situations. And our offense wasn't very good in third and four to six the last couple of days. So we did third and four to six, you know, down in the red zone. So I'm always going to look at it like a golf teacher, you know, um, uh, work on what needs worked on. Uh, once you get good at that, move on to the next thing and always keep evaluating and adjusting uh, to help, you know, help the team and help the players play their best football. I think that's what good coaches do. They look at their players and they say, um, hey, this player is going to play better while he's playing for me. And you don't do that by just going through like a script that, you know, Vince Lombardi did. You do that by, you know, looking at that player and saying, hey, what can he do well? What can I improve? How can I help him? And I think when you have that mindset, it's a little bit more difficult. It's a little bit, you know, it's a little more time put into it, but you you get a lot more results. And so um, I'm going to continue to react to the team and what they need and look at them and say, okay, we need to get better at this. Um, I have great coaches who give good feedback and I think our players are starting to kind of get used to and, and a little bit more bought into you know, starting practice out with team reps and, and kind of moving quickly from drill to drill. And um, as I said to them, you don't always have to like it, but you 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 could so, but you know you need to do it that way. And so I like the way we practice. It's the best thing I'll say about our team. I like the way we practice. And um, so that's kind of the philosophy. That's kind of the reasons why it looks the way it looks. Hey, Matt. Um, All right. One quick. Last question for Vincent. Go ahead. Anyway, um, I was just sort of following on from that. You, you talk about how you sort of you, you identify areas where you think the team have sort of weaknesses and sort of or, or pattern performing, and you, and you focus sort of drills towards that. How do you apply that sort of philosophy to say something like individual drills, where maybe you have ten different guys at a position who all have different things need to work on, or say you have three or four different things need to work on? How how do you take that kind of tailored approach to things where where it's maybe less directable? 
That's that's a fantastic question. So if you if you ever hear us yelling out the periods, you know, we'll we'll yell out indie and then we yell out technique. And I so I, most people just have individual drills, but I tried to break it down where indie are those sort of everyday like hey in my position we all need to do this we all need to master these kind of footwork drills body mechanic drills so we do that and then technique is hey here's the techniques that we're struggling with and i think it's a balancing act you know you can't you can't do it for everyone but you have to look and say what what are we not getting and then you have to work at that position the other thing that i ask our players to do is i ask our players just to say just pick one thing a day that you're going to improve upon and then go in afterwards and evaluate yourself don't just forget about it say did i get better at it you know, and leave every practice and saying, what did I do well? What did I get better at? What do I need to get better at? And if you have that approach, when I say get 1% better daily, it's not like a slogan. It's a way of life. Like you're just finding one thing. So if the player takes ownership and they each have one or two things that they're deliberately practicing, and then the coach takes ownership and he's saying, hey, overall, what does this group need? Um, if they'll communicate, they'll say to the player, like the player says, what do I need to get better at? And says, you need to work on this. Then you go out to practice with much more purpose. You're not just going through the motions. You're not you know, you're not just checking a box, like you're going out there to improve something. And again, it goes back to the golf analogy, which I really, really believe in, right? Like if I, if I can't putt, then I'm going to show up to the course and I'm not going to hit my driver. I'm going to go putt. And that's what we're trying to do with football.